What up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Just Joe podcast. This is episode 2525. We can rent cars now. That's what it is. I think is it's still the magic age of 25, but welcome back to the Just Joe podcast. I'm so happy this is going again. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Josh Grossman from K-Rock. It was great to talk to him. Um, I've been sitting around for the past week lining up a ton of great guests, guests that are coming up in the next coming weeks. Uh, not only local people, but I've reached out to a lot of my industry folks. And uh, we're going to bring back some people that were in the in the previous seasons that I want to keep elaborating more on because I've had a lot of fun with them. Um, but this week's guest is a near and dear friend of mine. Um, I consider this guy family. We go way back. He's a legend in Utica. Yes, and don't let him tell you anything different. Um, I can't even remember where we met. I think we're going to leave that for the podcast, and we're going to see where this goes. Uh, it's my buddy, Anthony Donaldson. More well-known as Z, Z-E-E-Z. He was the owner of the electric company uh, bar and venue in Utica for a number of years and has worked in the industry for as long as I have, if not longer. We have a lot of common stories. We have a lot of common ground. And I just want to talk about music and life, and we'll see where it goes. Everybody, welcome Anthony Donaldson. We're just going to call him Z. I'm not calling him Anthony. Welcome, everybody. Everyone say hi to Z. I said your full name in the intro, but I'm like, dude, we're not going to call him that. Only my daughter calls you Tony. <laughs> so I love weird. that kid so it's, much. And has anyone ever called you Tony? I mean, you are an Anthony. Were you ever you know, Tony? No, actually, for a, for a second, I think. Um, I lived in Las Vegas for a minute, and I uh, worked at a grocery store, and they couldn't fit Anthony on the name tag. So they just put Tony and, and I got really upset with it. And, and my, my thing used to be, it was like, Hey, my mom never named me Tony. She named me Anthony. <laughs> and that was, you know, Anthony was the thing to me. Tony, it was always a sketchy type of dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was my, my dad, my dad was an Anthony, but they call him Tony. They, they had a bunch of different names for him, but he always, he always had that old joke. What's the old Italian joke. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Like why does there so many Tonys in New York? Because yeah. they stamped two NY on their forehead when they left Italy, you know. So, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, my my intro was uh, basically I'm like, I called you Utica legend because I mean you are. I mean anybody I talk to that's in Utica, and I'm like, well, I got a buddy down in Utica, and they're like, who? I'm like Z, and they're like, oh, I fucking know Z. It's like it's like you know everybody down there, you know. I just had a guy on yeah. my podcast or not on my podcast, but inside my Twitch channel, and he's known as the Food Truck King. He does. Um, Oh man, what is his full name? He runs like Smokes Barbecue or something like that. A couple food trucks down that way. Oh man, I'm going to totally forget his name. He's going to listen to this and be like, oh shit. Oh, you mean Nick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick with a big old beard. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Smokes. Yeah. Holy Smokes. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. been on my Twitch channel. He's starting to stream on Twitch and stuff. And he's just like, you know, him and I spoke off stream. So, was, you know, so that just goes to show you anytime I, I bring that up. But, I was sitting here thinking before I got you on here, because most of the time I got to like do a little research about people. I'm like, I don't have to do research about you. But the thing I was trying to go back, I'm like, I'm trying to remember the first time that you and I met. And I, Ooh, I was trying to think of that too. We met, but I don't think we became, we didn't become buddies until years later. But the first time I believe that we met was either one of two places. One was either at Stylings. Could be. On a Sunday night when you used to come down, whether it was nine ball was playing or, what was the other group that you worked with? It was like a rap group almost. What was that? Uh, I used to hang out with the 
band Sugar Daddy, if you remember those. I guys. remember Sugar Daddy, but I remember yeah. one group that was like, they came down with turntables and all this shit, and it was it was a shit show. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I remember you being there because Chucky introduced us, and I remember that. But I also remember going with Jameis Breed to play on Varick Street in that old bank. And I booked that show, actually. Yes, yes. And, and I was thinking about that because I, I used to book the Metro. It was called the Metro. That's time. what it was. I, I was couldn't remember. There, did, now, did Jameis Breed play Captain Trips, too? Um, They might have, but I don't remember how many times. Maybe at least once. But I do remember mm-hmm. the Metro show big time because, I mean, I thought that was just, we rolled in. It was like, it was a Sunday night show. I believe. And it, it could have been. I, you're going to, this is my blackout years, Joe. So you're <laughs> telling me things that it might spark a memory. It might not, right. you know, but it was like, it was a Sunday night and I walked in and I'm like, what a, what a fucking great venue that was. It was just, it, it, it was, it was wide yeah, open. Yeah, it had ups and downs. But it was a kind of a sound nightmare because the ceilings were so high. Yeah. And then also they put the stage like right in front of the door. Yeah. So like that was a total fire. That's right. Right off the bat. I and, do remember uh, he that. Used get, he used to get fined for that a lot. It's like, well, what, look what you're doing. The stage is right here in front of the door. But yeah. it was the only logical place to put the freaking thing. Right. But uh, yeah, it was a cool place. So my DNA is all over that place. Right. <laughs> But I did, I think that was the time, but then we didn't, I don't think we really connected until it was time to like, you know, the, to the brand new sin days and yeah. we started being down in that way. And, and it just, I, I, I don't even know. It just, we end up playing at, and you, I've been in love with you ever since Joe. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, <laughs> but I don't remember like the exact moment when we just came brother. I remember like shortly after you opened uh electric company, I was down in Utica working a show with crack crack had to do sound at some little festival and he's like come along and you be the you know monitor guy and we had to stay there for two days and we stayed in the hotel utica and he goes that night he's like why don't we go down to my my buddy's place i'm like what is it and he's like it's a it's new bar called the electric company so we went down that night i remember drinking that night so there's these times you like know, you, what's that i'm sorry crack and i went to high school together dad was my principal that's right that's he was big crack right that was where the with the nickname he came was, from. I, I think like Joe Sweet and those guys might have given him the, well, I don't know. I think he might have been cracked back then, too. I, I think he's always been cracked. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been cracked. He still his is. His dad was my principal, man. Yeah. And his dad was awesome, actually. His dad would actually call me down on the very first day of school and be like, all right, let's not get out of hand with you, you know, type of thing. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he was just a cool guy. And, and then cracked you know, everybody would pick on him a little bit as he got older, but then he, you know, boom, he became crack. Yeah, then he became crack. He's, he's a sound guy. He's still is to this day. Yeah. Now, did he get, did he get the paddle at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got the paddle. Like for those who don't know, like I mean, there's times that you and I might talk in this conversation, and like there's so much inside shit. People are like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" But like in Brand New Sin, we we invented this thing. We had like a. a a punishment system for, for all kinds of different, you know, 
stupid rules. I mean, we consider and laying them off, but we came up with a paddle. And if you broke these rules, whether you brought a girl back to the room that shouldn't have been allowed to come back to the room, or you lost your pass, or you lost, you know, you had all these things. And then it was voted on by the rest of the band. If someone like, well, I think this person's in the wrong. And then it would go to Congress, which is everybody else that was in the band. And we voted whether you got paddled or not and how many paddles. And Crack got it once, but he wouldn't do it in public. And he just fought it and fought it. He goes, I won't do it. I won't do it. So the only time that I remember ever paddling him, we pulled over on, on the side of the thruway somewhere in between Rochester and home because we'd been out on the road for a few days. And he finally said, I'll take my paddle in now. And, and <laughs> we, we literally pulled over on the side of the road, like near the Montezuma. I remember being there in Montezuma, pulling over, and he took his wax on the side of the highway. So, so. But. And how many licks does he get? Does everybody get a lick? Is that how the jury was? Well, about, depends. It was, one it was, person give out the, because nowadays, Chucky's the only one that gets to paddle people. I'm going to throw you under the bus. No, it, it, whoever but, brought it, whoever brought it to Congress, if it ended gotcha. up passing it, then you got to do the paddle and then you could dole out the paddles. Like, I think all of us should get that. And sometimes it was one paddle. Sometimes it was four. It was, we had a much more elaborate system because we were just like, you know, yeah. we had to do stuff that were on the road, but yeah. Freaking right crap. now we need to change the current bylaws of the paddle though. Yeah. Because Chucky, Chucky's under rule. It's like a communist rule right now. It's very very fascist from what I've noticed. I'm like, dude, it's so fascist and (laughs) one-sided. It's like, dude, but that guy got more, he got paddled more than anyone ever combined. So it's like, I'm part of it. It's like, all right, you can, you can have this for now, but at some point it's going to even the fuck out. You know, it's like at some point the balance, the balance, the the balance, what is that? The the scales of justice are going to swing back in the way, you know? So, but, I love hearing old, brand new spin paddling stories. It's uh, one of my all time. It's like it's like a pastime of mine. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell, up, I'll tell you one. The only time that I ever got paddled, I only got paddled uh, once, right? Uh-huh. And I didn't do anything because I was always like, dude, I was, I was always keeping a level head. And then we'll get into a, a conversation about music, but like, I hope nobody's losing it on us right now. But here's the thing. We pulled over on the side of the highway to, to paddle Chucky. We were out on the road. We were on the road with Slayer. It was Slayer, uh-huh. Mastodon, Kill Switch Engage, and us as the opener. And we did, it was a Jägermeister tour. And the way you, Jägermeister tours, there was those three bands were the main bands. And as they toured around the country, they, Jägermeister would invite um, local Jägermeister bands or regional Jägermeister bands that join one show, two shows. We got like a week of shows with them or a little more than a week of shows, which is fucking awesome. I mean, fucking yeah, opening awesome. for Slayer yeah, and, totally. and, and, and Mastodon. Yeah. Mastodon was still on the way up. No one had known them and kill switch was just starting to break. So it's like, you know, three of these bands that are just like on the echelon. So we went out and I believe we're in between uh, Providence, we played at Lupo's and then I don't remember where we're going to the next day. It might've been up in Portland, Maine or something like that. And, uh, and, uh, Chucky did something stupid. God knows what it was. Cause that's when he was still drinking. And, um, and we pulled over on the side of the highway and we had a very, like, it wasn't the paddle nowadays looks like a paddle canoe paddle. It's all done up. It's shellacked. It looks nice. Our paddle then was like a, a a piece of rough cut lumber with some duct tape on the handle. That was it. Like you got hit with that thing. Like you got splinters in your ass. Uh, So we pull over on the side of the highway and I'm like, I wanted one of these and we're hammered. So I go for the swing and I swung. And when I swung, I hit the guardrail. So I chipped the paddle on the way into hitting Chunky. 
So then everyone's like, well, you kind of broke the paddle. I think you should get a paddle. I'm like, fuck that. There's a fucking guard right here. And they're like, nope, you got to get one. So I had to take one paddle for chipping the paddle on a freaking guardrail in the middle of, I don't know. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. I mean, I hit it and I didn't hit him hard enough. So then it was just, I mean, it, there was one time we paddled a, a, a meth head that wanted 20 ah. bucks. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, one more one more story, and then we'll get into this. But like, that's why I love these stories. You need to write a book about these stories about the paddling, just the paddling paddling alone. Right, they turn them into like one of those um, cartoons. Oh like yeah, one, I got it. somebody that can do cartoons like that too. But like, so we were in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Like when you're on, when you're on the road and you're touring, and you're in Texas, you're in Texas for like a week because I mean, first of all, I don't think people unless you've traveled to Texas or you've driven. You don't fucking realize how big Texas is, man. Oh, Texas geez. is so huge. I tell everyone, I'm like, oh, this is how big it is. I go, you go from Texarkana on the east tip and the west tip is El Paso. That takes about 13, 14 hours. So I go, if you get in Syracuse and you drive south 13 or 14 hours, where are you? Like Carolina. I go, yeah, that's how fucking wide Texas is. And then it's long and everything. I go, it's huge. So when you're in Texas, you're there for quite quite a while and when you're in between the cities down there it is rural i mean here like oh you're in between rochester and buffalo there still looks like civilization but when you're in texas there's just you're you're in the Not middle right. there's nothing yeah. so we pull into some, yeah we're in, pulling to some gas station god knows where the hell we were and this guy comes up to us and he's methed out of his mind and and i'm pumping gas i'm like shit you know then the guys and chris and them guys start talking to him and He's like, man, I just really want any 20 bucks for gas. We're like, dude, you just, we just watch you pump gas. You don't need money for gas. And then we finally get the guy to break down. It's like, dude, I just, I need money to score. We're like, all right, well, cool. Now you're being honest with us. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you 20 bucks, but you got to get paddled. And the dude is like, fuck that. I'm not getting paddled. We're like, well, then you're not getting, not getting 20 bucks. And he started walking away and then he kind of stopped. You could see this dude having like this fucking internal struggle going, fuck. I mean, I don't want to get paddled by these guys. And finally someone said like, dude, you're never going to see us again. We don't live here. Like it's in the middle of the night. No one's going to know. It's just let us paddle you. I, I believe we have it on videotape because Chuck, our bass player was like dime bag. He has boxes upon boxes of videotapes. He was just videotaping shit all left and right for years. Someday we'll have to do something with him. But so the guy yeah. finally agreed to it, leaned up against the van. We gave him three paddles. He got 20 bucks. He literally ran to his like Chevy S10 and fucking peeled out of there. He was like, fuck, I'm out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. You, you think he told anybody? Oh, I, I can't believe that he did. I mean, why would he? <laughs> you know, it's so fucked up, but. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this, but like, here's the thing. Let's, let's go back to it. But like, you have always been like, I mean, Here's the thing. We talk about the Syracuse music scene and there's always been this huge Syracuse music scene. But what people don't realize, even though that you're, you know, 45 minutes to the east of us, that Utica has had his own music scene for many years and, and almost in ways really starkly different than what has happened in Syracuse over the years. And Utica being so much smaller, but yet there's been this amazing amount of talent that have come out of that area you know, at least the suburbs and in and, 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 and around it. But Utica's had that. I've always thought, you know, and we've always, always cross-pollinated, but Utica has had its own music scene within itself. Do you, I mean, obviously you got to agree with me on this, right? Oh, 100%. For yeah. sure. 
because there, there's people that I know of that I'm still learning of from Utica. I'm like, oh my God, who is that guy? I've never heard of him. Like, well, he's been around the Utica music scene for, you know, 30 years, 40 years, you know? So. Yeah, I'm in the water, I guess. Yeah. But what, I mean, is, what got you? Been that way. Yeah. What got you into like the music scene? Like, what was your introduction? Like, mine was like, I got in, I came home from college, I got in with Jameis Breed, and that was like, that's how I got my into the music scene and where I ended up. Like, how, what was your like quick, story of how you uh, entered, you know? If, so do you want the, the music scene or just the music in general? Cause it, I was born into it really. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, start dad, with that. My, my grandfather and my dad was playing, my dad was playing in wedding bands. My, my grandfather was the organist at St. Anthony's church. Right. So he would get up at 7am to play mass. And then he'd come home in the afternoon, play like four or five masses and come home, eat dinner, sleep and then go play in the Dixieland jazz bands at night and go out and, and play till like three, four in the morning and then go back in church. It was like a revolving door for him. And that's all he did was music was my grandfather. Man was amazing talent, Wes Donaldson. And then, so my dad had that too. Mm-hmm. And the old man, my, my father would go out and play in wedding bands. And so I was seven, eight years old, setting him up, setting up mic stands and putting microphones in and just, beating around. I always wanted to play the drums and I'd be downstairs in the basement because my dad would set up in my grandmother's house and I'd be downstairs beating on the drums and, and, but he wanted me to play piano, but I never did. So I kicked myself in the ass, dude, that I never got behind that piano, but I ended up switching over to guitar at 12 and took lessons from Joe Finelli. You know, we all know Joe Finelli was my, was my guitar teacher back no in the day. Shit. When he had his, he <laughs> he, had his no, Bon Jovi hair and shit, you know? <laughs> no offense to Finelli, but sometimes I forget how fucking old Joe Finelli is. I'm sorry, Joe, but like, he's like, I'm like, holy shit. I remember one time I'm right. I'm like, how, I'm like, how, you, you look younger than us, but you're like older than us. And I forget that he's been around forever. And like, for you to say that, I'm like, God damn, you know? Yeah. Joe is, Joe's been around for a while. Dude, he taught me when I was like 15, 16 years old. And, uh, it's crazy. Cause we're kind of cousins. Like we have the same aunt Gloria, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so, uh, and that's how I got into, you know, Joe teaching me how to play guitar and stuff like that. And, and then I kind of faded it up. But then I wanted to get into radio. And then I got into radio. And uh, I started working at K-Rock at like 20 years old, 21 years old. And uh, got into the music scene that way and doing bar nights and setting up and interning. And I was actually, I interned at the old Rock 107. If you, do you remember Rock 107? Or was the I don't believe so, no. doesn't you ring know, a bell. It, it, I was doing a morning intern with, uh, back in the day with Brad Davies, his name was, with my jump into that. And uh, then jumped in this K-Rock and I was at K-Rock for the first K-Rockathon and the second K-Rockathon and I was working there and setting up and doing weekends and I was producing the morning show and stuff like that. So that was, got the, in radio. that was the natural That's progression of how, how into, I like, got into this. Yeah. Into the local music scene. Yeah. It was through radio. Um, and this is 1995. That's when I got into it right around 1995 yeah. into the local music scene and, and nine ball was in their day and, and Joe Sweet and I'd be in, Paisans and cousins and yeah, that's you know, what I was going to say. That was around with those guys too, and so and even in high school too, I was following all the bands around and back then too. So I mean, yeah, it kind of dates even earlier than K Rock days in my, high school and shit. My introduction to Utica music uh, scene was obviously Nine Ball.
I'm going to have on here. And I don't even know if we're going to talk about music. I think we're going to talk about CBD more than anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, was I remember Nine Balls started really popping in this area too, and they oh, started yeah. playing a lot of shows with Jameis Breed. And I just remember watching Nine Ball and like. That was the first band from Utica. I'm like, oh, they do. They're from Utica. They're from Utica. I mean, because we had Dracula Jones, and and Jeff was from that area, and you know they were from that area, uh, but they seemed more like a Syracuse band than they were a Utica band because they lived here, you know. But like Nine Ball came, and I remember the first time I watched them at Stylines, I was like, I was fucking blown away by how yeah good that. I mean, they still are, but I mean, there was something really magical about that time with that band. Yeah, you know, and and Joe just had this, you know, stage presence about him, and and um, Jay was the original guitar player, correct? Jay Wiley. Well, he wasn't the original guitar player, but he was the one that actually went in its popularity, the, the go-to guy, and also uh, Dave Schnedeker on drums. If you remember Dave Schnedeker, on drums. no, I don't remember him. I uh, remember um, the next guy. Oh. Ken Delaney yes. also played drums for him. Yeah, yep. he was Ken. actually the original guy. And Scott Henderson, of course. Scott, and, and then also remember Tim Howe being in the band as well. Tim Tim Howe was in the band. Joe had a lot of a uh, lot of different lineups back then. But, but that, uh, you're right, though. That band was the band. Well, that was the band that we were all like, "I'm ready to pack it in and, and go all in on this band, and yeah. we're all going to go on the road, and, and <laughs> this is the band we're going to go in with." And and we were all ready to do so, and and there was. Boy, there was a chance there for a minute. Like they recorded that album in Rick Ocasek's studio, and um, and then the the label, the representative got fired or something like that, and then that's it. They got dropped, you know. Yeah, they kind of just. That, 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 but man, they were they were close because even even James Breed, who is getting big here, like they've just really looked up the Nine Ball because I mean, when you put James Breed next to Nine Ball, their Nine Ball just had a, a they were there was something more mature about them. It wasn't that they were better. There was just something like more rounded. They were like, they were more polished and ready to get to that next level than any other band, at least in that genre, any other band in this area at that time. So like all of us thought we're like, dude, they're going to, they're going to blow up. They got a great sound. They, it was that time. And I mean, you know, we all, we can have stories all day of, I mean, even brand new saying we got to that level, but you know, sometimes it's just a matter of just a couple of things lining up. And if they don't, they don't. Everyone's like, well, what, how did it not happen? I'm like, well, cause it, cause it just didn't. That's why you only have small windows, brother. Right. Yeah. Life happens and it moves on, but at least it happens. So, but, um, game is free was a kick-ass band, by the way. I just want to squeeze that in really quick. It's such a high energy show. I, I must've saw those guys. 50, 60 times or whatever back in the day, back in the 90s, and yeah. uh, always high energy, and everybody was super cool. Yeah, I mean, that was they, every single one of those guys from that band was from my hometown. Was That was like, when I came yeah. home from college once, and Matt, the singer, and I have been, and, and Jason, uh, God rest his soul. I was very sad to hear about yeah, Jason. Jason, know, Pat, man. Jason, and Jason and I were proud, Jason and Matt and I played football all the way through school, where we ran, I mean, we did everything together. You know, we were very, very close. So when I came home one time from college, I was getting ready to move home. And they're like, yeah, we, we kind of started a band. We recorded. I'm like, what you guys, what do you mean you guys got a fucking band? Like you guys got a band? They're like, yeah, we got Dennis and we got Mike Wade on drums. And I'm like, what, everybody from the North Shore? They're like, yeah. And I went and saw them like, Jesus, man. And they were, they, <laughs> they really took off. And it was just, like, you know, one of those things that just never, never popped. And then kind of life happened to Matt and Matt had to make a decision 
you know, like he was, I mean, to this day, I mean, he didn't, he made the great decision because Matt lives in Baltimore and him and his wife took over her father's company uh, and they build boat trailers and has been become oh, wow. super successful down and down there. So it's like, um, you know, it was just life had happened. It's like, okay, am I going to try to follow the rock and roll dream or am I going to go after like something that could turn out to be really good and secure. Like I've had those moments and I probably should have went down that road instead of the road that I went, but you know, it's, that's life, you know, Matt was always super cool though, man. Yeah. He was always super cool. So that's it. I'm I'm happy to hear he's successful. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it. I'll send this podcast to him because him and I talk about once a week, you know, Um, you know, we, we we chat often and I I went down a few times last year to to hang out. So, um, but I mean, so, so nine ball, obviously. And then you mentioned, what was the other band that you mentioned that you came down? Was it sugar? Sugar daddy. Yep, sugar yep, daddy. Yep, I remember but, them. Uh huh. And, um, there was one more act that was from that area around that time that really give me some of the other acts that were around then. Was it floating Noah? Yes. Was it? Yeah. Thank it you. Was floating Noah. It was yep. floating Noah. Yeah. Jimmy Hartnett and uh, Mike Wagner, and Mike Borgia. Man, Mike Borgia was actually the original lead singer. Remember Borgia? Yeah, I remember Borgia. Yeah, he had great pipes, man. Fuck, he was- still he still does. He still perform. I think yeah. he lives in New York City. Or I mean, he was he's been around, but yeah. I mean, he I mean I I remember that band, and I was like, all right, that's a good band. And Mike just was like, I'm like, wow, that dude can sing, can sing, yeah, sing, yeah. sing. And then I got to know him later on when he joined a band called tread, when they started tread that was in here in Syracuse, Matt Hampson was in that band. And, um, Oh yeah. And then Sam Sara. Yeah. And Sam Sara as well. Yeah. And it's so, so many good things, but I mean, what do you, when you sit there and you think about the Utica music legends, you know, I mean, I think of, there's one guy that comes, I mean, obviously it took years for me to understand who Frank Cosmo was. And I was a huge, you know, fan of Boston and I got into that other record that he was a part of. And I was like, man, I didn't realize that dude was from Utica, you know? So, but I didn't, I didn't know if he was like in the scene before he got onto Boston or, you know, who's Frank Cosmo started with Orion, the hunter. Did did you ever hear that? Yes, I do. That's where Boston found him from Orion, the hunter. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they swapped them up probably like the late eighties. I think it was. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, when you look, when you think about Utica music, I mean, here we think about, you know, a bands like masters of reality. We think about, you know, someone like Dan Elliott. We, we, you know, we got some, you know, huge legends that come out of here. Like who are some of the legends you think in Utica, like the Utica music scene, you know, well, whether they got know, big or not, or at least, at least everybody knows who the hell they are. Well, Joe Bonamassa starts right there. Yeah. I mean, the kid was playing guitar in his garage when he was five years old. And there's still stories of people. People tell me stories. I don't know how true this is, but I've heard this many times that when Bonamassa graduated from high school, that 
the bloodline tour bus pulled up at his graduation ceremony. He got off the tour bus, grabbed his diploma, got back on his tour bus, and took off the tour with, with Bloodline. I'm, I don't I'm, know how true that is. I'll find I out. I get a fact I'll, checker on that. I could totally get a check, track check, a fact checker on that because Lucy Creedy, who plays in Elephant Mountain with us, was in Bloodline. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, find Lou, out from Lou. And Lou, Lou would remember that. And you know who else might know that was um, is Conan, but I don't think Conan was working with Bloodline, but Conan worked a lot with... with um, with Joey when he was, you know, cause I mean, when Joey put together his band band, you know, when it was smoking yeah. Joe, it was, you know, Conan was like their tour manager and Jeff Gordon from, um, uh, hard promises was singing, you know, I mean, he had oh, wow. nothing but, you know, local cats that all played with him, you know, before he, I mean, dude, it's hard. It's hard to think that he's from this area because everyone and, and everybody in the world knows Joe Bonamassa, especially in that thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably your biggest you yeah, know, and then also we gotta say Mo too. I mean, all these guys from Mo are from here. Yeah. you know, but Vinny grew up here. Al still lives here. Chuck grew up here. Rob graduated high school from here. They're they're all from Utica. They formed in Buffalo, okay. but they all grew up here in Utica. I didn't realize Jimmy that. Lo- I didn't realize Jimmy that all of them. the only one that's in it. Yeah, Jimmy did it, but he grew up in Binghamton. But I mean, Vinny lived here until he was like 11, 12 years old, and Chuck and Al and and Rob all graduated high school. Um, Chuck and Al went to New Hartford and Rob went to Whitesboro, but yeah, they're all from Utica. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's very stark. Like we have our thing here in Syracuse and never not to be outshadowed by like, you know, some of the greatness that has come out of that area down there as well. And then lately there's been all these voice people like uh, Sean Smith, my great friend, yeah. Sean Smith and, and Ryan, Ryan Quinn. and Ryan Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Quinn, man, that kid's a freaking monster. I know. I just had a conversation with Ryan a couple months ago because he wanted to pick my brain about Twitch. And it was the first time that Ryan and I had ever spoke. I mean, we we were mutual admirers of each other, but we had never, like, been introduced. And and Tim from uh, Gridley Page introduced the two of us, and and we had a great conversation, and we haven't talked since then. But, I mean, what a really great guy, but what a monster. of. And then I went back. I'm like, oh, that's right. He was on the voice. And then I went and watched his, his tryout and he sang, uh, can't find my way home. Uh, by not by, was it traffic? Did traffic do that? Traffic did that. Yeah. So he did that one. And I'm just like, he, no blind faith. It was blind faith. Blind faith. Yeah. That's right. Blind faith. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. like, it's that one day. It was only, they only did one record, I but, wasn't but he sang that. I'm like, whoo. Yeah. And then we obviously got to give props to big sexy, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, we've had, yeah. Had some things and and the best record shops. Like no offense to any of that, we got some cool record shops here in Syracuse. But like in New Hartford, you know, we got two of the best record shops in, just in New Hartford next to each other that coexist. You know, between music and more and uh, reimagine. They just, they're, you know, so it's like there's something in the water down there for sure. Yeah, there is, man. It's cool. Like on a Thursday night pre-Corona coaster. You can go out on Barrick Street and just see a bunch of great local talent all over the place. You know, Greeley Page and Showtime and Laugh Laugh and Three Inch, or even Boys from Three Inch Spirit. They'd be all over the place uh, playing. It's just like such a great showcase. Like summertime, we need to get back to that. But I know. During the summertime, you could come to Utica and see all the great Dude, freaking talent that's here. here. Here do you think? I mean, obviously, I don't know what this summer is going to roll. I think it's this summer is going to be better than last summer. I don't know if we're going to be back to like, you know, the roaring 20s yet. But like when it comes back, do you see, and this is not just a Utica thing. This is an area-wide thing. I mean, do you think, I think 
people are going to be when they know everything's kind of everyone's vaccinated and I mean, we're kind of through it and we kind of come to an understanding what COVID is a little bit more so people can be better prepared because it's never going to disappear. You know, I think it's going to, it's going to fucking come back like tenfold, tenfold. I think it's, people are going to be itching and it's going to be like the roaring twenties, man. I agree. You know, I agree. I think it's just going to be a, a, a party. I want to have a burning the mask party. I noticed we've been doing that <laughs> in other cities, but we need to do that here in central New York as well. Just one big bonfire of masks. Yeah. But I mean, and, and I hope, and this is my, my thought is that people are going to come back with a deeper appreciation of the arts, not just the music Don't in you general. Think so? Yeah. You I got it. You got to think that's going to happen. I mean, just from, people posting all these memes online all the time. Like, Oh, I miss live music. I just want to yeah. go to a fucking concert and just all the, the memes that have been out there. You would want to think they they're going to come and come strong this time. Yeah. Let's face it, man. We all been cooped up in the house yeah. and we're all jonesing for it, man. I know I'm starting to book some gigs that are, you know, you know, some, cause I mean, Twitch is going to be my main thing and my what i'm building here at the house i've i've invested way too much time and energy to like abandon what i've done here and go back to that and i wanted to go to this kind of model of my business so i can home more you know i'm i'm just getting to an age i don't want to be beating up things 300 times a year it gets it gets really fucking old and uh but now i'm starting to venture back out and i can't wait to like play some um some gigs again in front of people. I love my Twitch thing, but it's like, man, there's something about the energy of a room. And I think coming back, I think people who are fans of music are going to see artists who got better. There's going to be a different side of their talent that you may have not have seen before that they developed a little bit more. They woodshedded, they wrote this amazing music. They're going to have this energy that's coming out of them. It's just going to be this reciprocal thing. But I just hope that everyone like, after it comes back, they don't like all of a sudden turn back in that cynical assholes. <laughs> That's my concern. You know, like, it's $20 to get into the show or, you know, they'll bitch about something. Yeah. Well, it's just human nature to bitch, but I think it's going to be fucking glorious for a while. Yeah. But Joe, it's always going to go back to the way it was. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Right. People are just always going to bitch about something. It's just freaking just let it roll off your shoulders and continue yeah. on. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk to the other side of this because I mean, I'm, I'm going to be talking to a lot of musicians over the next few podcasts and some of them from all around the country, you know, and we know how much all the musicians have been impacted. And obviously that's more, you know, of what people are talking about, all the musicians and musicians and musicians. But I tell, you know, like, as I say to everybody, it's like, yeah, I go, but luckily I was able to, to keep working and I found a Avenue to, earn money and a lot of other musicians did as well. I'm not saying that all musicians, you know, had success during this time, but um, there was a better avenue for them other. And, but conversely, the other side of where you really live and where, you know, friends like Stacy and Chucky and the crew, the pirate crew all live. You guys just haven't fucking worked at all. You've worked maybe a couple few times on a few things in the past year, but like, that into that side that's what people don't understand is the production side, the theater side, the union side, the guys driving buses, the guys freaking renting towels, the gigs are all out of work. There hasn't been any work at all, you know? Yeah, it sucks, man. I'll tell you this, uh Corona has really made me love the pirates that much more. Yeah. Just being separated from them. You know, when we did have like one or two gigs this summer. 
you know, we were just like, couldn't leave each other's side. And, you know, I just got to work. And I mean, it, it just felt great. Like you we're back home again, you know, and I want to get back to that feeling and shit. But uh, you're right. It didn't hurt. But, you know, thank God for my podcast and all these projects that I work on or else I would like go out and freaking be a lunatic. I, just, I don't know if you remember, like in the beginning when it first started, I was getting drunk every day, going yeah. live on my Facebook, shaving half my face off. I was going with, I was, it was a party, but then it settled in like, wait, this ain't over yet. Yeah. And then it, then it turned into like, ah, oh, man, this sucks. And then depression kicked in. And then it's just like, that's like, it's the Corona coaster. It was like highs and lows and highs and well, lows. Well, it is. And I mean, even our, I don't know if you've seen the news, but our County executive here in an Onondaga County and Ryan um, McMahon has been amazing through this whole process. And I have utmost respect for him. And he's only 40 years old, right? Like Ryan's young. Our mayor's pretty young too. We got some young mm-hmm. cats in charge around here. And Ryan at the beginning of February started having like blurred vision and like all these like medical issues. And they thought like, fuck, is he having a stroke? Is it, and all this stuff. And the more and more they looked into it, um, he's dealing with, they're just calling it, you know, dude, this is the other side of Corona. He didn't get Corona, but he, the amount of stress that he's been under and, and the depression and everything else to the coaster, it's like, it's fucked this 40 year old guy, perfectly healthy guy up to a point where like, he's still seeing double vision. It's been a month later and he's still having struggles to like be able to function every day because of what he's been dealing with for years. So it's like, those are the things that all of us have been dealing with. And, you know, you know, and, um, all of us, I think have had that roller coaster on some level. We don't think about these residual effects too, the after effects. Like even, even still right now going out to a grocery store, I'm still sketched to even be around people a little bit, you know, (laughs) aren't you? Yeah, I, I still am too. And, you know, I'm still not on the like, list of being able to get a you know vaccine every once in a while it'll be okay there's 600 doses left and i go in and sign up and i'm like well i'm not any of these things i'm like sorry you're not not available for it so it's like you know i do my best to keep myself healthy and keep myself in shape and all that stuff and honestly i want the people that really need this vaccine to get the vaccine sooner because even if i don't get it everyone else is getting it's going to help the whole you know and all that stuff so it's like but you know i really you know I really want you guys to all get back to work, you know, and I'm hoping that when it does come back, that you guys can all come back to it because that's what I'm, I'm worried that like some of these venues aren't going to be able to come back. You know, some of the people that were in this industry had to go literally start another career. And then they're going to be like, well, I'm really scared about getting back into that. I got a good job now and benefits like, or, you know, it's like what it's going to be really interesting on the other side, you know? It is, but it is, but just stay present, brother. Right. Stay present day by day. And we'll see when we get to that bridge. Yeah. But But, uh, the best we could do is just stay healthy. Like you said, man, exercise, man, exercise helps, right? Doesn't it help so much with your mental health in your day to day? Like if I don't exercise one day, my day's kind of thrown off. Yeah. It really throws me off. Like I have to do it or I'm either a miserable prick or just it throws it off or something happens, yeah. you know, but when I do do it, it, it just helps coast along throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I wish they would say that more because, but it's hard for them, you know, the powers that be to like 
You know what could really help you guys during, you know, a time of people getting sick is keeping yourself healthy, eating well, you know, getting out and exercising. But then they're like, well, you, the gyms aren't open or the gyms, you know, then they, you know, they, it's like, man, no, the gym should be open. Like that was one thing is like, man, you, this is what, this is what keeps people sane in a good way because if not these people are just going to like well you kept the liquor stores wide open but you closed all the gyms like what do you expect it's going to happen you're like everyone's just going to get plowed i did that for like a couple weeks i was just drinking and you know and smoking and doing what i did but then i'm like holy shit no i gotta i gotta pump the brakes you man i gotta pump the yep. brakes because you had there was no there was nothing to do you know mm -hmm. but at, on the other side of this though let's let's talk about the other side of we've talked about your introduction to the music scene. We talked about you being in the production. I want to congratulate you. You want just want a Sammy award, man. Ah, thanks, man. Oh my I mean, God. I was going to say that it? out of the gate, but like, uh, for those that, that are listening that don't know what the Sammy awards are, Sammy awards are the, called the Syracuse area music awards and call them the Sammy's. They've been around for, I don't know, 20, 25 years at this point. It's yeah. like 93. I think it, yeah, it is. it's, it's, it's been around quite a quite a long time almost 30 years and um and and that's our version of the grammy awards and you guys were up for best live stream right live, live streaming event with live stream? yeah man the people's choice live stream uh live stream event or whatever it was yeah for sure it was awesome that was super cool it's a night i'll never forget something I, I, you know i've seen how many do you have i wanted to ask you that i've i've been I've won two. I've won one with Brand New Sin. I won uh -huh. one with Elephant Mountain. Uh, I've been nominated for all my so four or five for Just Show. I'm like I'm the Susan Saran or Susan whatever her name was. That was the there was a soap act, uh, a soap actress, you know, uh -huh. and she was nominated for all these. <laughs> never won. Like I've never won for Just Show. Uh, and we've been up, we didn't win this year for brand new sin. We were up for, I've been nominated probably 10 or 11 times and won twice. So, mm -hmm. wow. You know, I'm thinking it was more than that. No, no, I just, I, you know, I've been around it and my name's always thrown in the, in, in the box. I mean, dude, it's just a testament of how talented this fucking town is. You know, we yeah, have, no doubt and you it, know, just, it still blows me away that we won this freaking award and it, it's super cool that the people came out. It was a voter's choice type of thing. Yeah. And, and just, and it, it was just epic the way that people came out. And, you know, I have so many different circles of things going on at once and they all kind of came together and it was like a wonder twin power activate type yeah. thing. And everybody got us that Sammy and it was super yeah. cool. Well, and what a party we had. We had a great party that night. For, for those that don't know, um, you, you have a thing called the disruption network, which has been around for, dude, I want to say three years now, more than that. Four, four years. We just, celebrated our four-year anniversary i was gonna January. say i remember you telling me like hey i'm gonna start this like network it's gonna be like kind of like our own tv station type of thing and i'm gonna have my thing and then we're gonna have other people coming in and we're gonna get the studio and that was like that was your vision so like try to for the people who are not from this area or not familiar with the disruption network what give us the best description of what the disruption network is so it's a podcasting webcasting network we feature a bunch of different shows we have everything from my show is the music channel. We have a comedy channel, comedy show with, uh, with the Uncle Louie Variety Show. Uh, we have uh, Agent Paranormal, which is a paranormal show. We, we have a partnership with Broadway Utica. Yeah. We have a partnership with the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce as well. We have some sports shows. 
uh, we're, we're pretty busy, man. We're pretty active in the community as well, too. So, uh, you know, we kind of focus yeah. on local stuff here in Utica, but also give it a twist with a bunch of different other random content. But we're starting to put out other content, too. And uh, I'm about to launch this Mafia podcast. Which is yeah. Super exciting the last about, time man. I was down, I was when I was on your podcast on your Music Mondays, your local Music Mondays, where you were telling me about that. And you got a guy. Tell us about it, because I think people are going to really dig what you what you did. Who's, who's the guy and what's the premise behind all of it? Thank you, man. Um, in March 15th, it comes out. It's called Unbreakable, the Donato Danny Nasty story. Now, Danny was a notorious criminal in the 60s and 70s in Utica. And for, well, not even just Utica. He had he did things in Miami, in Ohio, Atlantic City, Montreal, New York. He was all over the place. And uh, he's a wise guy. You know, he was a wise guy. Worked for, you know, did shut down gambler, you know, bookies and a bunch of things. They did a lot of different things, right? They were uh, fixing horse racing and there's a bear bond story. They were robbing banks. There's a bunch. There's so many great stories. Anyway, so this comes out uh, on March 15th, the Ides of March. And it's one of my great buddies. It's his dad, actually. And the guy spent 30 plus years in the clink. You know, he was in jail for a long and, time. And, and at one pop, that wasn't like like chopped up in different things. He was in and out. That was like he did 30 fucking years, right? Well, no, he did 26 on the long bid and seven on one and then four on another. So, uh, yeah, it's like 30. It comes up like 36 years or something he did in prison total i can't wait for that obviously there'll and, be there'll be links to all of this in um you know in the podcast and on all the socials so you guys can obviously check out not only disruption network but i'm personally really looking forward because when i get in my car a lot i end up listening to podcasts because i'm so like my, my whole life is music that every once in a while i'm like either i gotta sit in silence or i just listen to podcasts i listen to me joe, too brother joe, me too joe rogan and the, one of my other new favorite podcasts is steve-o's got a podcast from jackass Oh, that's oh my god, it's fucking awesome! I mean, he's you know he just he's gotten sober and he's got this really great look on life and he just has the best guests and they tell the best stories. So it's like I'm looking forward to this to hearing you know th this all unfold because I mean we all hear about mob stories and you know we we've, we've all seen movies and all that, but like to have something that really was happening in our backyard. You know, and with people that are like, you know, some of the people that might be listening to this might even know the guy or, you know, know of the guy. So it's like, this is like our chunk because we all knew for years that there was a strong mafia connection in the Utica and the Rome area. Huge, strong. Oh, mafia yeah. It connection. was the original Sin City, man. Yeah. Before Vegas, it was the original Sin City it was in the, the halfway point from Buffalo to Utica when it, or from Buffalo to New York City. Yeah. So they'd always come to Utica and there was like brothels and yeah. gambling joints. And, that, that's, and Danny talks about that all in the I in can't the wait to hear that because the podcast. my my grandfather when he immigrated from um from Italy with his family, mm -hmm. they settled in in Utica. And, really? Yeah, they settled in Utica. So there was Altieri's, you know, but uh, yeah. they took the eye off became Altier and um he lived there, but I don't, I'm going to have to ask my mom because I'm going to paraphrase parts of what I remember. Cause I'm really gonna have to ask my mom. Cause my dad, you know, God rest all is gone, but he had some, some more insight because my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, who I'm speaking of passed away when my dad was 13. And 
So all those stories that my dad's dad, you know, my grandfather had kind of went with him and he grew up in Utica. And the reason why he moved out of Utica and moved way up North, because my parents are from uh, a little town called Hammond, New York, which is like way up North near Ogdensburg, Alex Bay, St. Lawrence, uh, Seaway area. And I'm Uh like, how the fuck did he end up there? And my mom was like, I don't remember the exact reason, but he did not like what was going on in Utica at that time. And he was like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to start a family or I'm going to get anywhere. His family, the people that, you know, I, I really wish I knew more about that side of the family. And I'm sure once I can dig, it won't be far for me to be able to find relatives and distant relatives that live in that area that would know the stories. But I just remember having this feeling that he moved away from Utica because of that shit that was going on and didn't want to really be a part of it. And I don't know if there was something more than that, but it's like, why did he, why did he pack up out of Utica and end up in fucking bumfuck nowhere up in the, up in the Northern part? Like there's something that isn't there that I wish that I, <laughs> there's at least I think there might be, or maybe he's just like, I don't want to live here. I don't know. Yeah. That could be it too. Like <laughs> places are dumb. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that, that's what it was. But I just like, I remember being really young and hear my dad talk about his dad and, and some of his relatives and they were all in Utica. And I remember him just, I just remember trips of that. And they're like, yeah, man, Utica was a huge mob strong point. That was a, you, you know, that stay was, away from those Utica boys, Joe. <laughs> so at the heart, you know, there's, there's some Utica actually in me, you know, there's, I'm sure that, like I said, there's distant relatives, but I just don't know anybody because my dad was an only child and uh, didn't really spend much time in Utica growing up because he grew up up north and his dad passed when he was young. So we never really got to know any of that side of it. So I were g- you related to the Clinton up series? Cause they have that restaurant. I have no fucking idea. I could yeah. be, could be, it could be, you know, I mean, it very well could be because I mean, you know, how many L came there at that time. So right. who knows? But I mean, so yeah, you know, your disruption network has been really cool to watch, like progress and grow. And it's like, where do you like, I knew you had a vision four years ago and obviously, you know, when you start something like that, when you content create and where we've seen podcasting and content creation, it is, it's grown so fast in, you know, just a year's time because of the COVID, but really a lot in the past four years where it's like, this is the new radio. This is like, no one, no one's tuning in to like, Hey, we're going to no offense to the radio stations that are, but like people are just like seeking out great podcasting or content creation. That's what it is. Like you had a vision. Now it's four years later. Where do you see it going from here? Like what I want to be that. I want to be that hologram in your living room, bro. <laughs> That's I want to be. Help me. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. You know, I want to be Z one Kenobi. You yeah. know, I want to be that hologram. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Just be like, wait till porn becomes holographic. I can't wait. You can just have like people <laughs> fucking on your coffee table, right? And, 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 anybody, and anybody brother. that you want, you can pick. Well, I want, you know, I want Pam. Yeah. You know, you can pick whatever you want. I want so and so to be fucking on my couch, you know? So, oh, that's going to be crazy. But I mean, we've seen the growth of like, you know, I mean, I really, I mean, most of us who are in this in this podcasting world, all look up to what Joe Rogan has done. I mean, he is 100%. I mean, he's the guy, he's the man. I mean, he, he was in, he just stepped above it. He is this generations or this centuries Howard Stern and no offense to Stern because Stern is a fucking God, but Mm -hmm. Rogan 
is like next it's almost next level he is like stern you could be known in really big stronghold in like new york city in this part of the area but you could get in parts of the country where stern wasn't that popular whereas yeah. rogan is just popular everywhere you know and then with him jumping to spotify and signing that huge deal and i heard there's a back-end deal that will get him in a couple of years he'll be a billionaire no i'm sure that he'll do that so i mean it's it's good for all of us but like I mean, we all aspire. I mean, none of us are going to be Joe Rogan, but we all aspire on some level to, to get to that point where you, you're, you know, you have this YouTube channel, people are checking out your YouTube content, people are going to your website, people are doing that. So, I mean, that's really where you see disruption going and you just want to keep not only what you're creating in content wise, but the people that you've brought on board, whether it's uncle Louie, whether it's, you know, your sports shows, whether it's, is it Heather that does her shows on there too? Yeah, Heather Beebe, um, yes. she, well, she just uh, went on maternity leave, so she just had a kid. Oh, shit. So she, so she hasn't been on in nine months or so, even probably even longer than that, but she is coming back. I did recently yeah. talk to her. She, you, back. You, she does more of a spiritual, like, yeah. uh, uplifting, that's, life coach type of thing. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's what people ask me, like, well, what, what is Twitch? What are you doing on there? I'm like, I'm a TV channel. I go, it's Twitch TV. And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm like, all it is is people creating content. Yeah, there's people gaming. There's people doing this. I go, it's it's not always going to be Twitch, but you're going to see more and more of those hubs kind of develop. And then from those hubs, then people discover you and then go to where you where, where you live. Then they find your website and then they find out the other stuff that, that's going on with you. You know, that was like now that I've developed my Twitch and I've got this huge following on Twitch now I'm like, okay, now it's time to bring back the podcast because now there's there's other arms to my my business. Just like you. It's like you've you've been in booking, you've you you work production, you you have a sound, you'd run sound at shows, you know, you have the disruption network, you got your hands, you're hustling all the time. You know, and that's what all of us in this business are doing. And you play in bands too. Let's not forget that you're a musician as well, dude. Well, I'm not a musician. I'm an entertainer. <laughs> All right. Well, same thing. It's, I just know the, how to play a couple notes on the bass fretboard. Right. The, 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 the lines blur. And sometimes that doesn't matter because we've seen people sell millions of records who aren't musicians, you know, <laughs> they're just, they're, they're entertainment, but yeah, it's, it's been cool. So, I mean, bottom line, man, it's been a blessed life, right? Brother. Yeah. I think it's, it's been such a blessed life and, people would kill to do the things that we get to do. But our good friends, Brian Badger and I say this pretty much in every gig. Like we are so lucky that we get to do yep. this shit. We are, you know, we are so lucky that we get to, people would kill to do the things <laughs> that we get to do. And the people that we get, I, I could tell stories about rock stars, just picking them up at, at the airport. Yeah. And I could be on like a five hour podcast of just airport rides with rock stars. You that, know what I mean? That, that was why the, that was why this whole podcast started in the beginning is like when I was on K rock and eventually I'm going to be back on K rock, but like was, you know, we'd hit on some of these stories. Like when Josh brought me in, it was like to add this whole element of like, well, Joe's kind of been on the other side and, and, and he's got these stories. So we would elaborate on some of these stories, but then I couldn't sometimes on radio one, we, you know, there's so much, we only have so much time. Right. And then the second of all, sometimes you can't really delve in on radio about some of the details or like, you just can't explain the story correctly without dropping F-bombs or like getting really graphic with certain shit. So like radio kind of hindered that. And Josh is like, you got to have a podcast, bro, because you have these stories that people are intrigued by. And that was like when I stopped doing the podcast just for all the reasons of COVID, just concentrating my 
energies on other places. But now Josh is like, man, look at your people on Twitch. You know, sometimes they just want you to stop playing music and they want to hear you tell a story for 20 fucking minutes, you know, and interact with that. And that was really what it is. And then sometimes, I don't know, man, I, I forget what I, what I've done. And like, don't you ever just sit around like, we're just normal dudes. And then every once in a while, you're like, holy shit, I, yeah. I, I did that. And like, I hung out with that dude. Like when I posted my picture of Kevin Costner, like last week, and I'm like, I hung out with that dude for an entire weekend. I drank with him. I became his buddy. Like we, be, like to this day, I know Kevin Costner would still remember me. It's like, wait a minute. I don't live a normal life. Like you and I don't right. live normal lives. You know, we don't live. you know, my favorite story is, is I got to bring Smokey Robinson to the airport after the state fair. It was like five in the morning. He was on his way to Aretha Franklin's funeral. Oh my God. And he got out of the car. He opened up the door. I got his luggage for him. And he got in and gave me the biggest hug. And he's like, thank you, my brother. I appreciate everything you did for me this weekend. God bless you. And he gave me a hug. And then his driver, his, his personal guy came up and, and threw me a $10 bill. And then they walked away. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and it's like, like dude, it, not, you, know, not, you don't know what to say. Right. Bro. It's, 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 here's the thing in, in the life that we live and in the yeah. life that you live, because you're in the behind the scenes. Cause everyone's like, Oh my God, what goes on behind the scenes? And it's like, it's not what people think, but it's also probably cooler than you actually think because you sometimes connect with these people. It's not like, Oh, you're partying and these dudes are doing rails off of girls tits and you know, all these no. like rock star stories, but you're seeing some really intimate and some really crazy shit. And you're watching these legends being humanized, you know, brought yeah. down to earth and you see them on that level. And it's, a, that is more magical than anything else. But then when you sit there and think about it every once in a while, and, and, and people like, sometimes I'm like, man, am I talking too much? Am I telling stories? Like, no dude. And I forget that like most people don't get to do what we do, it's you true, know? Man. So like every once Black in a while when, when I'm like, man, I'm, I, I wish I had this or this or this in life, you know? Cause I look at some of my friends that have been successful and they got, well, I got a place in Florida and I got these cars and they, they got all these material things and all these things that like you and I could have easily went and and went down that road and done it, but that wasn't in our nature to do so. You I know? didn't want all that. I never did. Right. But we have you know? something that those people, and it's no offense to any of them, but there's something that we chose that is worth way more to me. I'm like, man, I got, if I, some knock on wood, if I end up passing away tomorrow, I could be like, dude, I had one hell of a fucking ride. Amen, you know, brother. you know, too. and, and that's, and, and that's all I can say. So, I mean, I think that's the best way to kind of wrap this up, you know, and I really appreciate you being on, um, you know, hey, like I'm I said, so glad you're doing this podcast again. Oh, and, too, and real dude. quick, I want to touch on one thing real quick. What's that? What I really loved about you doing the podcast. And I think it's super important that it, that you got off about the mental health. It's very yeah. important to, to get that out in the open. And people need to open up and discuss their mental health more and more, especially throughout this Corona oh coaster and yeah. the dark times and everything. And Joe, that, and I listened to every one of your podcasts last season when you had it out and you spoke about it a lot and, and it's super important to get that message yeah. out there, bro. I got, so keep I, some, doing that yeah. and keep inspiring, man. I'm you gonna inspire me too, brother. You <laughs> well, do, that's you what I'm going to do. Me. Like when I'll, am I, I'll see you running in the morning and I'm like, wait, if Joe's running, all right, I got to go work out. Yeah. You know what I'll I mean? That's what it, it's how, it's like, how I, I hold, get out of right. bed. That's how I hold my shit together. But yeah, like that's always going to, that's going to be a big thing. I had a girl on right before the podcast ended, right when Corona was like, when lockdown started happening, I was still going into K-Rock and I was like, I need to have a mental health professional. And I was going to have my therapist come and I'm like, nah, I can't have my therapist come. It's too 
it, the lines get way blurred. So I reached out and I found this girl and she's going to be back on in a few weeks. And, and I want her to, I told her, I'm like, I would like you to be like our resident, like mental health professional. And I go, awesome. let's, let's, let's get back together. Cause we talked right before what, what lockdown was going to be like. And we hit, we talked about what we should watch out for. And now let's revisit a year later as to what she has seen in the past year, what I've seen in the past year, but that's always going to be a big thing about this podcast. Yeah. We're going to tell crazy Good. stories. We're, I'm Good. going to talk to musicians about music. I'm going to have a big thing about, um, you know, mental health being an, an overall thing through all of this. And then I'm going to have the crazy and weird. Like I had Pete on from uh, agent paranormal and like, yeah. dude, that was like, I, I dude, I hope he's all right. He just posted it. He had a heart attack over the weekend. Oh, he did? Yeah, he posted, like, uh, apparently I had a heart attack over the weekend. I got to do some stuff. So if you don't hear from me, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just taking care of some shit. Because I just talked oh to him last God. week. I just talked to him last week about, um, you know, being back on. Because I'm like, I want him to be the resident stuff. Because that dude just had, like, that dude, I'm still talking to people about the stories he told me. Not only me on air, but the <laughs> shit that he's like, I won't talk about this on air. I'm like, why not? He's like, because I'm not. He wouldn't, he would talk about some other shit that was off air. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell these stories to other people. I'm not going to talk about it on air, but like, I want it to be everything. I don't want this to be a pigeonhole thing. And that's what disruption isn't. Disruption is a little bit of everything. And I want that because, you know, we've walked crazy lines and why not just have it all? We're into, you know, we have interesting people. We know interesting people. So let's have them all on. So. Indeed. So I will, I will tag you and all this stuff. Um, this will be out, um, uh, yeah, I know on all the, all the streaming platforms and everything else. And, uh, you and I will get together soon. We got to go down to see Joe sweet at the, at the CBD store and watch in his wisdom. We'll have Joe on pretty soon with the CBD stuff. So he's a shaman. Now, he's a brother. shaman. It's it. crazy. It, it's crazy. He is. All right, but man. he always had, he always kind of had that role, but it, you know, it's rightfully. He's so legitimized he's help, it now. He's helping people. Yeah. No, he's, he's legitimized he's like it, all that stuff. And him and I had some pretty funny uh, text messages going back and forth though. So I'm looking forward to having him on there. So, uh, awesome. I'm going to do the little outro on this brother, but I really appreciate you being on and make sure everybody check out disruption network and, uh, and dude, you'll be, you'll be back on at some point. We'll, we'll come up with some more crazy fucking stories to talk about. So I love you, Joe. All right, man. Take care, brother. Thank you. Uh, all right, brother. So there you go. Uh, that was my buddy Z. I hope we didn't get too inside of like, there's so many inside jokes between him and I that like, it's really tough sometimes to like, we're talking, we're laughing about it. But some of you that don't know who we are, like, who the fuck are these people and who, who are they talking about? So, um, but it's really cool to see my buddy uh, succeed. Again, congratulations on winning a Syracuse Area Music Award. Uh, keep doing what you're doing with Disruption Network. Check out the links and all the socials to be able to check out the Disruption Network. It's all over Facebook. Uh, on all the socials, uh, you can see them in on Twitch and YouTube, and, and it's really hard not to be able to find them. So make sure you check out what he does. Um, this season, like I said, I got a lot coming up this season, so you guys stay tuned. I'm really happy that this is back. I've missed you guys and gals who are listening. Keep listening. Share the support. Have a great day. Be safe, and I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Yeah!